This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, how to be the best pet sitter, dealing with canine influenza, and popular cozy mystery author Sparkle Abby's Encore. That's what's on our show this week, so let's get to it. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-host, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Tired of wasting money on giant bags, boxes, and jugs of litter that don't last? Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter that lets you use less and get more. World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to deliver outstanding odor control and easy cleanup. It's lightweight, 99% dust-free, and pet, people, and planet-friendly. It's even flushable. Make the switch to World's Best Cat Litter and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show, and I am here with Monica Layton, owner of Professional Pet Sitting. Hey, Monica, you know, people are always asking, coincidentally, about pet sitters and what, you know, to find a good pet sitter, somebody wants to be a pet sitter. What can you recommend? Because you, when we lived in Venice, you were, well, you, your team was our pet sitter. So tell us about that. Yes. So we're actually celebrating National Professional Pet Sitters Week this week. It's March 4th through the 10th. And what that kind of, you know, not only just appreciation for the pet sitter, but what I like about this week is there's a lot of education that comes out for the pet owners. And I think that is so important. I think finding the right pet sitter and making sure that relationship works is so vital because your pet sitters are going to take care of two of the most important things in your life, your pet and your house. I mean, that person's going to be, you know, in your home, taking care of your babies. So you want to make sure it's a great fit. I always, always recommend to everybody, make sure you hire a professional. Nothing against the kid down the road, you know, that's trying to make some money. I'm sure they're extremely trustworthy. However, I always, always recommend you look for somebody who's licensed, who's bonded, who's insured. Somebody forgets to lock a door or, you know, a dog pulls out of a leash. Just simple things like that that your pet sitter is going to know to watch for. But somebody who doesn't do that on a regular basis, 
is not going to see. It's not going to see coming. And that's unfortunately how accidents can happen. A professional pet sitter going into your home who is bonded and insured, you know, if a door somehow forgets to be locked, their insurance covers it. Um, if you have a flood, if water is left on, anything like that, that's all something that's covered. So definitely, definitely hire a professional. Um, the other thing I always say is references. Check the references. And also I always ask if the sitter is a single sitter, meaning they don't have a staff or multiple people on staff, ask them what their policy is about backups. If that person were to become ill, do they have a spouse or husband that covers for them? Um, you know, how that works. If you have a company that has multiple pet sitters, then you have, you know, backup that way. However, if it's a single person, not that they probably don't have something, you know, set up, but you always want to make sure. So always, you know, know to ask those questions. Um, also, if you're leaving, for example, those of us here in Florida and, you know, of course, certain other states have hurricane season, you know, they have weather issues. If you're leaving during hurricane season, what happens to the pet if they have storms? You know, find out from your pet sitter what their policies are in regards to that. Are they going to continue going to the home? Are they going to want to transfer the pet? Um, what about your house during that case? You know, can you count on them to, you know, help you with the house at all? Or is that something that you need to prepare for yourself? I always recommend that you talk to your veterinarian before you travel a lot of pet sitters are more than happy to take, you know, your pet to the veterinarian, but I would talk to the veterinarian, ask them, you know, is that pet sitter going to need to provide payment for the services for your pet right then and there? Is that something that your veterinarian can bill you for whenever you get back? Um, all important things to know when you're getting ready to travel. I always tell everybody to have a very close emergency backup with a key if possible. For example, if you have a certain door in the house that tends to automatically lock, things of that nature, always tell your pet sitter in that way. For some reason, if the pet sitter does get locked out, then they have a contact, you know, that is close so they can get a backup key. Um, also, you know, if there's any idiosyncrasies with the pet, the more information you give your pet sitter, the easier the care and the transition is going to be on the pet sitter and your pet. So if your pet likes to walk a certain direction, maybe when you go on your walk, if you decide to change it up and go the other way, maybe they stop halfway through and refuse to walk home. And I've had that happen multiple times. You know what I mean? Let them know the route you usually go on. Let them know your pet's routine. Maybe they won't go in their crate until they have a certain toy. Or maybe, you know, their routine is, you know, feed, walk, you know, then go out again, you know, to have the pet relieve themselves. If the pet's got a routine going, definitely let them know what it is. That way, the only thing that's changing is the fact that it's a new person and not a change in the schedule as well. And once you use a pet sitter a couple of times, you know, I always recommend staying with the same pet sitter. Um, I know for my company, even though we have multiple staff members, we always keep that account with the same person. That way, after a couple of visits, your pet's acclimated to that person. They know them. They feel comfortable. That way, when you travel, it's just a normal routine. They know, oh, Miss Monica's here to take care of me till mom comes back. And they know mom will come back. And then it's, it's all good. 
Um, anything that, you know, you can do to alleviate the stress of you traveling. One, you know, you're not worrying about your house and your pet. And when you're on vacation and you're stressing about what's going on at home, you can't enjoy yourself. So always, you know, just go with the right fit. Go with your gut. I tell people, don't be afraid to ask for a different sitter if you're not feeling that relationship or you're not, you know, feeling a connection um, because they're going to want you to feel comfortable and make that relationship a long lasting relationship. Well, I think that that's so important having been a pet parent who's had pet sitters for most of uh, the, for probably over 20 years now. It because you used to only go to the neighbor. Can you help me? Can you help me? But it's become such a, a business. And like when we had you, if some, uh, your team, you know, if someone couldn't make it, they notified us and let us know that someone else was coming. So we always knew because at the time my husband and I worked almost two hours from our home. So we had to make sure that whoever was coming, we knew was going to be there. We knew that they'd take the dogs out because we had people coming twice a day. And just in case we couldn't get home because it was late, we could call and that person and even come for a third time. So it not only makes the pet um, feel, oh, good, Miss Monica's coming. Or, you know, they know when you walk through the door, something good's going to happen because they're going to go out and they're going to get a treat. But also it gives the pet owner peace of mind because they don't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be home late or I'm stuck in a traffic jam or, you know, the train's late. Anything like that, it takes that pressure away from the pet owner. It also, it gives, relieves the stress for the pet itself because they know who's going to come in because it's either mommy or daddy or Aunt Monica <laughs> so or whoever it may be. But I got to tell you, Monica, this is great information. This is a great week. Anyone who has any, is, you have a website. Why don't you go out your website? We have it all the time, but get out so that people can look for sitting questions. Yes, our website is www.propetsitting.net. And I also recommend that if you're looking for a pet sitter, you can go online anywhere to um, www.petsitters.org, which is the National Association for Professional Pet Sitters. You can enter your zip code into their zip code locator, and it'll give you a listing of licensed and bonded and um, licensed, bonded and insured pet sitters in your area. Of which you were the president, weren't you? Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> So it's very important, professional pet sitting. It's a career, and it's a very, very important one, especially when you're a pet parent like me. So I thank you very much, Monica. This is great information. Thank you. Have a great week. Coming up, what you need to know about canine influenza. Stay with us. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. And we're here with Dr. Michael Reinhardt from Jacaranda Animal Hospital. Hey, Dr. Reinhardt, welcome back. 
And it's good to see you again. Uh, we have so much to talk about, but we're just definitely going to have to limit it today. Right. And I have to ask you about something. Canine influenza, it seems to be at epic levels. Can you just tell us a little about what's going on with that? Yeah, we need to be a little concerned. This is a emerging disease that's kind of been around for a while. We, we had influenza quite some time ago, and it was basically from a horse respiratory virus. You got plenty of horse respiratory viruses. But then probably, I'm bad with time, probably about two years ago, it hit Chicago and Atlanta, and the media went nuts about these millions and thousands and thousands of dogs that came down with this problem. And... Uh, I thought, they're really making a lot of noise out of this upper respiratory problem. And then Zoetis, Pfizer, came and talked to us and explained to us that it's different now. What we just had a problem with in Chicago and Atlanta is a completely different virus um, that came from Asia, from birds. Hello, bird flu. Okay. And highly, highly, highly contagious. And the problem with these dogs was they can't breathe and they wind up in oxygen cages, pretty expensive and everything else. I mean, there are really two viruses. One's a H3N8, and one, the new one is a H3N2, and that's the one we're kind of concerned about. Um, we have vaccines now for both of these, and it's highly, highly, highly um, indicated to get your dog vaccinated for, especially if he goes to a groomer or you go to dog parks and stuff like that, because this is a pretty bad disease. Uh, they, uh, um, University of Florida was talking to us about the fact that they feel that 20% of the dogs that get this get wind up with serious lung disease, and uh, they develop a, a severe pneumonia. And I just had a dog that came from a, a, a corporation that uh, we find homes for these dogs that uh, wound up with this disease, had serious hemorrhagic pneumonia, really serious problem. I thought we were going to lose this dog, and I just talked to the lady, and she, the dog's fine now. But uh, highly contagious at our office. Because of the contagiability of this, we no longer allow coughing dogs to come into the office. I have to see them in the car. Just like when Parvo was out bombing diarrhea, we saw them in the car so that we don't contaminate the office. Because if my office is contaminated, it's closed down for a day to disinfect the entire office. So it's highly contagious. There is a vaccine. Highly recommended to do it. Now, what are the symptoms? What would someone look for if their dog were to have this? Well, the issue is basically coughing, sneezing. Um, and obviously difficulty in breathing. Um, it's a respiratory disease, and uh, you know it's so like kennel cough. We look for coughing issues, and and it's difficult to diagnose it because you have to you have to spend some time doing some fairly expensive blood work to prove it, um, which is not something that you're going to jump on every time you turn around. Um, and can you just assume that the dog's coughing has got influenza? No, you really can't do that. There's there's kennel cough. There's all kinds of stuff. But uh, the diagnostic thing, if it was a relatively inexpensive thing that could be done in-house, that's fine, but it's not. It takes some blood, and it's pretty expensive. So your recommendation would be for the listeners ha who may feel that this is an important, they're in an area where it's affected and it sounds like it's pretty much all over yeah, the country right yeah, now, and um, that they should speak to their veterinarian about getting the um, the vaccine. Now, are there side effects of this vaccine? Uh, it's a relatively new vaccine. and I, I, I've been pushing for this vaccine probably for two years. I really never had <clears throat> any major problems with it. We were, and I still am kind of, instead of giving it with the whole package of vaccines I give with everybody else because it's a new vaccine, I'll tell the clients that we'll go ahead and vaccinate for these other vaccines and then wait about five days and come back and do that. Uh, that way we take a lot of the impetus off of the, the new vaccine going in there. But I have not really had any major problems with it. 
Well, it sounds good because I know that some people are, are concerned because they don't, they hear the word vaccine and they get concerned. But this sounds like, whereas this is at the proportions that it is around the country, that it's very important that you speak to your vet about getting the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, when Parvo came out, the mortality was really high. I mean, I would say back in the 80s when I was dealing with Parvo, probably 75 to 80 percent of the dogs that I saw that had Parvo died. The mortality rate on this is probably around 5%, maybe a little higher, maybe a little less, but they're really ill. And uh, the news that I saw from Pfizer was that in Chicago and and Atlanta, the average person spent 600 to $800 per animal because they had to go in auction cages, which is a very expensive thing to do. So there's a cost to it, too. Now, is it common for veterinary clinics to have oxygen cages in the, you know, for this? I mean, if they're treating these um, these cases, is it something that like every vet clinic has, or is this something that's that you have to get special for this? Not every veterinary clinic got an oxygen cage, and and it's not, you know, I I like every other weekend I was at the emergency clinic working with those guys, and and I started asking them about it because the, they they didn't understand about the influenza yet. And I said, how many, you know, they only have two oxygen cages there. And this is a, an emergency facility, okay? So they only have two oxygen cages there. Um, they have the ability to sneak some oxygen in, but the oxygen cages themselves, they only had two. So, yeah, it's an issue. And the problem is that apparently these dogs couldn't breathe. It's a, bit, it's a coughing respiratory problem. And the biggest problem is the secondary pneumonia that you get after the fact. But it's an issue. And, and, and it's like... You know, it's like trying to deal with dogs that I know are going to have an orthopedic problem. I know they're going to have a hip issue. I've got these really great things that have come out lately that we can do right now, okay? And class, well, I'm going to wait for it to for him to start. And my point is, why are you going to wait for him to be lame? Why are you going to start to have the pain and the problem that you don't need to have if you can do something ahead of time to stop it from happening? So why are you going to wait for him to have a respiratory problem when you can give him the vaccine? As always, you're bringing us great information, and this is very, very pertinent and very uh, time-sensitive because I think that it's getting, as I said, to epic proportions. So I felt it was really important that the listeners hear from you as to what is out there, what to look for, and what to speak to their vets about. So, as always, I thank you. And I thank you, and it was lovely seeing you today. Great seeing you, too. We'll be talking to you again next month. Thanks. Hi, Doggy Diva Show listeners. Susan Marie here to take just a half a minute to let you know how much we appreciate your being with us every week to hear great dog tips you can use with your pet, some great stories about rescues, fostering, and some heartwarming stories about second chances for pets who are now in loving forever homes. Be sure to go to our website, thedoggydiva.com, to see pictures of Miss Olive and other dogs we talk about on the show and get to know us a little better. That's thedoggydiva.com, D-O-G-G-Y. We appreciate your feedback, too. Okay, let's get back to the show. Coming up, Sparkle Abbey authors are back. Stay with us. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. 
Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. A number of our listeners who read the feature of Sparkle Abbey's Barking with the Stars, a great cozy pet mystery, as one of Miss Olive's favorite things in the recent issue of Suncoast Pet Magazine, had asked about the interview that we had done with the authors earlier in the year. So for the benefit of those who may have missed it, we have an encore performance of that interview today. Enjoy. We are so happy to have back with us today best-selling author Sparkle Abbey. Sparkle Abbey is the pseudonym of two best-selling mystery authors, Mary Lee Woods and Anita Carter. Mary Lee and Anita write the best-selling Pampered's Pest mystery series about two amateur sleuths, one a pet therapist and the other a pet boutique owner, who join forces, well, kind of, uh, to solve mysteries and secrets in the posh Laguna Beach from the first best-selling book in their Pamper Pet Mystery Series, Desperate House Dogs, to their most recent, Barking with the Stars. Miss Olive and I are loyal followers of this dynamic duo. And we want to welcome back to the show Mary Lee Woods and Anita Carter, also known as Sparkle Abbey. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to be with you. Well, last time we spoke, I learned all about glamping, of course, from uh, Raiders of the Lost Bark. And today we're going to talk about lights, camera, action, about Barking with the Stars, your most recent. It's your ninth book. It is. Hard to believe. I know, but (laughs) Miss Olive and I are thrilled because we are uh, your pampered pet's followers i think or maybe groupies i can't i'm not sure which but one of the one of the interesting things that people probably ask is how did you come up with the name sparkle abbey so when we started out writing together we just sort of assumed that we would have our own names on the books and our publisher said oh that's really hard for people to remember to name." so go ahead so so we Write out some different names, uh, Mary Lee Woods, Anita Carter. Carter Woods sounded maybe a little too serious for what we write. And finally landed on the idea of combining our pet names. So Sparkle is my cat and Abby uh, is my dog. Now, that is ingenious. And, of course, those are two rescue pets, too, which make it even more special. They are. Yep, yes. So, one, what, how is like co-writing? How does this all work um, for you both? We do it a little different and didn't realize that we were kind of different than most collaboration teams. And that um, they write the odd-numbered books, and I write the even-numbered books. And then we collaborate on plotting and um, on critiquing and editing. We share the same settings share the same secondary characters and but we definitely have different protagonists so mary lee has carol and i have mel 
Now, can, can you tell us a little about the protagonists in here? Because I love them, um, and they're very, very different. But there's a unique um, sort of tie to the both of them. There is. So they are cousins. And so when we tried out this idea on the, the publisher, they liked the idea of a, a different protagonist in each book. So, so Caro's the protagonist, as Anita said, in the odd-numbered book. And Mel's the protagonist in the even-numbered book. They are former Texas beauty queens. They have relocated to Laguna Beach. And there's currently a feud over a family brooch. So they aren't really speaking to each other. (laughs) I love it. And uh, the book that we're going to be talking about today, of course, Barking with the Stars, is all about Caro. But, you know, I do love Caro and I do love Melinda, Mel, but I am totally obsessed with one of your characters, and it's Betty. Can you tell us about Betty and what was the inspiration for Betty? You told characters. We love Betty, too. (laughs) Uh, So this is Anita, and uh, Betty is actually based on uh, my boss's grandmother. (laughs) She would come to work, and she would talk about her grandma Maxine, all her crazy antics, and how she picked her doctors based on how good-looking the men were. And that uh, she now lived with uh, my boss's mother, and she did not like to be told what to do. She was she was ninety something, and she just come up with all these stories. And I said, I would love to base a character on your grandma. Are you okay with that? And she was just so excited because it was a way to have Grandma Maxine live forever. And so that's kind of how Betty came to be, and Betty just kind of takes over the page. She's just one of those characters that you never know what's going to come out of her mouth. And when it comes out, you just roll with it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true, whatever comes out of her mouth. And it's like the two of them, both Mel and Caro know. And of course, she works with Mel, but she interacts with Caro. And she's kind of like this totally flamboyant, like, I think everyone has one in their family. Yeah, I think so. If if we're lucky enough, we certainly do. (laughs) I know, because she is a love. And we touched on another thing that that is one of the, I call it one of your characters, actually, because it's played throughout the series, the infamous brooch. Can you tell us about the brooch? So so the brooch is a family brooch that Carol and, and Melinda's grandmother left to her favorite granddaughter. And they both believe that they're the one. And so, so they they steal the brooch from each other. And and it's evolved to, like you said, sort of being a, a character in the story. It is. It's like you wonder what's going to happen with the brooch. And it sort of <laughs> plays its way through the book as like this little extra character. And you're like going, okay, well, where's it going to end up now? <laughs> <laughs> So I love the brooch. And, you know, your characters in your books are all, you know, as we talk about Betty, are all very colorful and they're so lively and you just want to hang out with them. But I have to tell you, with Barking with the Stars, and I love the little, um, your little doggy on the front here, your little Chinese crested. Oh my gosh. And, um, (laughs) but, but you take kind of like the colorful character to another level because the 
two of the characters in this that are kind of like main characters are purple and lavender. Can you tell us about uh, purple and lavender, which are kind of like the stars of Barking with the Stars? They they are. Purple is, is infamous um, in that she's a performer who you never see her face. And I love that. And so she, she wears this wig, but her dog, Lavender, also is in character and has, uh, you know, it's a Lhasa also, so you don't see the, don't see the face and is very much a part of her performance and her sort of star persona. And um, that, that plays a big part in the mystery. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, I always picture what your characters look like because you're very good with describing what your characters are. And like I said, I, we always want to, Olive and I sit there, we want to hang out with them. But this one, um, you have like a star studded event. And I sort of pictured in my mind, all these people that are coming there. And, um, but let's first let everyone know, cause I think we all want to live there. What, where is Laguna Beach? Because there's a special thing about Laguna Beach. There is a special thing about uh, about Laguna Beach, and part of the thing that makes it so perfect for the series is in Laguna Beach, there are more dogs than children, more registered dogs. Registered. Lots so of dogs. It's a very, very pet-friendly community, mm-hmm. and is sort of this bubble when we when we researched the books and went to Laguna Beach that was one thing that we heard over and over again is it it's 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 this bubble where it is this small community even though it's very close to large communities and as we talk about this and I just want to have everyone know where can you let everyone know where you are from Oh, we're from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like living in Laguna Beach, like we're all living in Laguna Beach. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're wishing we were near a beach. <laughs> oh, and I'd love to live there because it's such a pet-friendly place. Um, now, in this book, in, in all your books, you kind of talk about different themes for, you know, whether it be rescue or whatever is going on. But this one you have like a... Um, Kind of like a service dog veteran theme. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So this one does have a theme with uh, war- the, the Warriors for the Paws is the, is the fictional uh, rescue group in the, in the book that uses rescue pets to work with veterans that have PTSD. And so that was a very interesting research part of, of the book. It's been a, a very successful program for veterans that are suffering for, from the effects of PTSD to have these therapy dogs. And so that became uh, a part of the theme for the star studded event for the, for the Barking with the Stars. And, and I think for us, that was extremely close to our hearts because we're married to veterans. Oh. Um, and Mary Lee's husband uh, is a Marine, and my husband is a uh, retired Army. And so uh, they kind of talked about that and the people that they know. And, and so that really was something that we latched on to and we're really excited uh, to learn more about. 
Yeah, I find, and thank your husbands for their service because I have military in my family, and I know that this, the, the way you uh, spoke about it and the way, actually, the whole theme of the event is built around it, the way it's all tied in. Of course, there's the little stories that come off on the side there that are that always keep you going. I mean, I read your books and I can't put it down. It's such a, it's, a, it's not only a fun read, it's interesting and there's that mystery in it. So it's great for the pet lovers because of course there's this wonderful town with all of these animals and these two women who have these jobs that are to die for little job, pet jobs. But also <laughs> it's good for the mystery lover because you have such a great mystery theme going throughout the book. Actually, there's like sometimes a couple of themes that are going on throughout the book. So I guess oh, what, what, yeah, <laughs> tell why don't you give us like kind of an overview of Barking with the Stars and um, this is your ninth book and just kind of tell us, tell the readers what to expect, the listeners. So in Barking with the, with the Stars, the, uh, the event is sort of rolling out at the beginning of the book. And Caro's ex-husband has inserted himself and uh, caused some problems uh, for her in terms of letting people think that perhaps she's not on the ball with her pet therapy practice and uh, casting some doubts there. So he sort of creates some tension at the, at the very beginning, and especially with Purple, who's the star of the event. and then it, it gets a little more complicated after um, Purple is found dead and Jeffrey is seen leaving the scene. And so Caro uh, is very, very involved. And Malone, who you, you know if you've read other mm -hmm. books, um, is, of course, on the scene right away. And Betty plays a big <laughs> part <laughs> this time. In, in sort of that early part of the, of the mystery. So a lot of suspects, um, and Caro uh, tries to stay uninvolved, but of course can't. And Betty tries to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of had a very colorful part with one of her big, one of her big scenes that involved purple, Caro, lavender, um, one another, another one of the characters in the book, Mandy. And it's like she just did her own Betty thing. Well, and like Anita said, sometimes you know you just have to Betty just takes over, and you have to just let her go. <laughs> And that, that was the case with that particular scene. Betty was just being Betty. <laughs> and I, I love it. That's what kind of keeps... And set aside her eyebrows. And for those of you that are that are followers of Sparkle Abbey, you'll know what I'm talking about, the eyebrows. If not, you got to get a book. The eyebrows themselves are a story. <laughs> they are a story in themselves. So... What can I, I don't want to give away any of the anything down the road, but um, what what else is going on in the book? So also in the book, you have we have fans of purple mm -hmm. who who dress up like purple. So we have quite a few people who also look the same as the the main star. Uh, we also have uh, family things, which. Uh, sort of, as you know, is a, a theme of the book. So Carol and Mel are not talking, but doesn't mean they're not involved with each other. And we also have a little complication with, with Sam, 
who is out of town most of the book, but still plays a, a big part in what's going on. I like Sam. <laughs> I, I like Sam. <laughs> and also, in the book, you also have uh, a recipe for the pancakes. Yes, yes that's yummy. Yes. Yes, Caro, Caro does um, apple puff cakes that she takes along sometimes when she's going on her appointments with people who are needing help with their pets. And so we like to include uh, we like to include the recipe that she uses. That's a yummy recipe. I'm making it for my. I'm going to be making it for my girls. So um, I'll I'll have to shoot you off how they love it. I'll get all of eating it. Um, now, for those, and I'm sure that you have tons of them, for us uh, Pampered Pet Mystery uh, groupies here, do you have anything up coming up on the horizon? Finishing up book 10, Tentatively <gasps> uh, Tiled the Dog Father. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And uh, this one is going to uh, bring uh, Mel and Gray to have to actually work together. That should be interesting. Yes. And of course, Betty is right in the middle of that. Creating <laughs> all tension and conflict and butting her nose into things that, of course, she shouldn't but can't help herself. She thinks she may want to get her private investigator license. And so um, that's a whole story in itself. <laughs> that's Betty? Yeah. Oh, my I gosh. Can't I can't wait. Yeah, she's convinced she would make a really good PI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she'd be so inconspicuous. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. When is there like an estimated date that that's coming out? Um, Next year, hopefully. Yep. Oh, good. We'll have to have you back on to talk about that. Now, for the listeners who I'm sure are intrigued by all of these wonderful characters that we're talking about and the books, of course, that we love, can you just tell us, because this is the ninth book, can you give the names, uh, give the titles of your other books? Sure. So the, so the first book was Desperate House Dog, <laughs> and then Get Fluffy, and then Kitty Kitty Bang Bang, book four, Gift Talk. And then Fifty Shades of Greyhound, Love it. The Girl with the Doctor <laughs> Tattoo, and then Downtown Tabby, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then finally Barking with the Stars is the latest. And I, you know, I love your theme because it all has a little takeoff and they're very catchy and they're easy to remember. And I know because I have your books like stacked in my little bookcase and as people come to visit and they look, they peruse through my library to borrow things, they are like reading the titles and they love them. It's like so, uh, so they're catchy, adorable, and you guys deliver the product wonderfully. Well, thank, oh, thank you. you. And I have to thank you. I have to thank you for sharing such pet-friendly mysteries because we love them. And um, also, you know, it's really great for, as I said before, someone who's a pet lover and also for someone who is a just a mystery lover. I mean, they're great mysteries. I also have to thank you. You always you have issues running through there that are current, that are even the 
the um, when Caro had the problem because Jeffrey had done something with and it affected her ratings, her reviews. That's a current situation that's going on. I know that um, it was just on the news here about one of you know people being able to put in reviews for people that maybe not be a hundred percent good. So I mean that touches on that there. Poor Caro. I'll give her a good review. <laughs> I wish she was here. I'd have her be one of my pet therapists. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. But also, where can the listeners go to learn more about you, to learn more about all your books, to find where they can purchase Barking with the Stars and all of your other books? So all of the information is available on our website, which is just sparkleabbey.com. Perfect. And... I want to thank you again, and uh, I can't wait to have you on again so that we could talk about, Is did you say the dog father? Yes. I can't <laughs> wait. I already have in my head how it's all going to be played out. So <laughs> thank you so much, and please, everyone, get Barking with the Stars. It's a must-read for pet lovers and mystery lovers. I know you're going to love it, and the cover, again, as always, you uh, you ladies outdo yourselves with the covers the cover art is absolutely beautiful so we're always a little surprised by it the yeah. publisher does just a, a great job of oh capturing the feel yes it's beautiful and uh, you know as as i said we're uh, miss olive and i are total groupies and miss olive loves it so much she is going to have it as one of her favorite things in the january february issue of suncoast pet magazine so that's wonderful. Yes, we love it. So, well, I thank you both very much. Thank you, Mary Lee. Thank you, Anita. And, um, oh, can you just, for the readers who may not know how to spell, can you just spell out the, your website so that everyone knows about Sparkle Abbey? Absolutely. Sparkle, S-P-A-R-K-L-E, and Abbey, A-B-B-E-Y. Perfect. So, sparkleabbey.com. And when you go there, you won't be let down you would love it so well again thank you very much thank, thank you. you you too we would like to thank our guests this week and also as our doggy divas always say please love your pets because they love you unconditionally and please remember to adopt foster spay neuter and microchip and as always please have a great diva week everyone that's all for this episode of the doggy diva show to find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and The Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.